0: Don't think, stink, niggas don't think shit, Stink, pink Gators, my Detroit players, Tim's for my hooligans in Brooklyn. That's dead right, hit the head right, Biggie there, air I, Papa been school since days of under-rules, never lose, never choose to, Bruce cruise, who, do something to us, talk, go through us want to do us, screw us, who us, yeah, Papa and pump. <laughs> close like Starsky and Hutch, stick to clutch, yeah, I squeeze three, at your cherry M3, yeah, bang every MC, take that. easily, Take that. easily, take that. Recently, uh-huh. recently, niggas frontin' ain't sayin' nothin', yeah. so I just speak my piece, Come keep on, on. my piece, Cubans with the Jesus piece, Thank with my piece, packin', askin', who want it, you got a oh. nigga, flauntin', that Brooklyn bullshit, we on it, it. Can't you see? Sometimes your words just hypnotize me, and I just love your fleshy ways. Uh, guess that's why they're broken. You're so... G'day, how you going? Welcome to episode number 58 of the Average Man Podcast. Hypnotize. Now, the reason I chose hypnotize was because of the man notorious B. I. G. And we just had the triumphant return of the notorious one Conor McGregor. Man, UFC two forty six was a cracker. Um, yeah, I've pretty much just rounded it up, so I'm still on a little bit of a buzz from the from the fight, man. And um yeah, no, it was it was real good. Really good um showing from from uh, Conor McGregor, man. People have been speculating whether or not he's um he's going to be able to make a comeback whether he's 100% committed if he's going to be conor mcgregor 2.0 and you know he answered all those questions um today because yeah man he was he was he was 100 committed and he absolutely destroyed cowboy cerrone who you know no one's done that to him nobody's destroyed cowboy like that i think it took 40 seconds something around there it was pretty much a flawless victory for Conor McGregor, man. So, sky's the limit, again, from here. And, um, you know, as much of a Cowboy fan as I am, you know, he's sort of had a, a several runs already in the UFC. I just find that the, the story of Conor McGregor is going to be the more exciting one. And I'm all about those, um, those stories in mixed martial arts, in MMA, like in sport in general, you know. But definitely the Conor McGregor story is the, the more exciting one. So ah, oh, man, I was pretty pumped, I had the butterflies and everything in my stomach when I was watching it, like I do in some of the big fights, so, you know, the, the lead up, and the walk out, and Bruce Buffer, he's announcing their names, and they stare out in the middle of the octagon, and, oh, man, it's intense, and then, um, you know, I always kind of just say, I don't want a quick fight, I just want to see a good fight, especially if the guy I'm rooting for loses, you don't want them to see him just get absolutely starched, you know, and, that's kind of what Connor did to Cowboy today, but I was I was all right with it because he, even though we didn't get to see a lot of Connor, what we saw was really good, and it shows really good signs that he's ready to go on another tear. Um, you know, might be getting another three or four fights out of him and see what he can do with the legacy. So, pretty damn pumped about that one, man. Uh, yeah, there's some other good cat fights on the card as well, but I won't I won't go too too far into them. You know, I can get caught up just talking about UFC for. 20 minutes or, or more so but yeah as far as fights in the future it's all speculation at the moment no one really knows where he's going to go whether he stays at welterweight and fights or has Masvidal or fights for a title or if he drops back down a lightweight and fights a contender there and then um, hangs out for that um, Khabib Nurmagomedov rematch so I don't know man whatever, wherever we go from here there's some exciting shit going on especially if he, if he wins his next fight and, and the third one in that uh, trilogy is going to be a Cracker, no matter who we fight, so pretty damn pumped about that. Um, yeah, look, I uh, I don't have a specific written out um, sort of schedule for this podcast. I'm just kind of winging it winging off, off notes that I've made over the past few weeks. Um, as I you know, I was planning on doing this podcast Friday night and then Saturday night, and the, the, the after evenings just keep getting away from me, man, because the kids won't go to sleep. Kids have been awake till like eight thirty nine in the evening every night. And, you know, I'm a early I'm early in bed, man. So by the time we get them to sleep, it's like 9 after 9 even. Um, I'm kind of just waiting them out before I start flaking out, passing out myself. And then it's been, like, when I say waiting them out, I mean it's you're up every five minutes to go and check on the kids and put someone back in bed, you know, like try, and, try a new tactic to get them to, to fall in line and go to sleep. It's just been, like, that hectic for the last three or four nights. So... I I don't know what's going on there, but it disrupted my schedule of trying to get podcasts done on, on a Friday or Saturday night. So here I am Sunday afternoon, jumping on an opportunity, both kids having a daytime nap, um, and the UFC just finished. So I thought, damn stuff, it, I'll just take the notes i got and just jump in and pump on out, because that consistency is going to be um, you know the big goal for this year, not to let those fortnights go past as I did at the end of last year, man. So yeah, I've got enough shit to talk about here. Anyway, it's just it's just finding a bit of a rhythm for it all because it's all just written in note form, no no um no specific order or anything like that. But I guess I can start with talking about um the Christmas break. You know, I was gonna get into it on my uh, last podcast where I interviewed, well, I chatted to my brother-in-law, brother from another mother, um Ryan Christensen. Go check out that last episode wherever my uh, wherever I may roam if you haven't heard it. Um, but you know, he and I just got caught up talking about a bunch of other stuff and and didn't get down to the to to you know, half the stuff I wanted to chat to him about really. But yeah, we we um we went away to Denmark. We went down to Perth for the Christmas break, as people who have been listening to the podcast know was was the plan. We went down to Perth for about a week through the Christmas and Boxing Day kind of period and a few days leading up to it, which was just hectic, man. Like really really busy at the shop, spending just disgusting amounts of money on really just bullshit. Um, Rushed here, rushed there. Christmas was a rush. Boxing Day, we had another big family do for Emma's family. It was a big rush. That delayed our our travel down south by another day. And by the time we got out of Perth to head down south, man, we were really, really keen to get out of there. Um, Just, yeah, having less and less patience and less and less fondness for the city as time goes on, you know. Uh, Definitely we'll never be living back in the city. Well, you can never say never, but... (laughs) there's a very slim to none is the chances that we'll ever move back down towards you know near the city or anything like that again so it didn't it was really good to get away from that anyway after the rush of Christmas and the shops and all that kind of crap and um Yeah, we winged it. We were heading down south to go camping. We had a rough plan that we would drive down and and stay a couple of nights at the Stirling Ranges and then head down to Albany and then sort of just wing our way from there and try and find somewhere to stay, just explore the region a little bit and see if we could find some free camps or some good bush camps or whatnot. Um, And I mean, basically on the way down, we were checking weather conditions and and weather warnings and all that kind of stuff. And um, it turned out that the Stirling Ranges, which was our first planned stop, had, we, they were on fire. There was, there was five fires in the Stirling Ranges, so all the, the national parks and all the bush camps were all, were all closed down. Um, you know, and I'd kind of made a mental decision anyway by that time that I was, I was happy to drive straight through the Stirling Ranges and, and just get down to Albany and go from there, because people have been telling me all great things about Albany and that whole region. I was kind of pumped to get down there. So that ended up having to be what we did anyway. And we rolled up in Albany about 3 o'clock or something, 3.30 in the Arvo, and started looking for a campsite, man. And, um, yeah, we we totally underestimated how busy the the region gets that time of year because there was, I mean, there was nothing. And when I say nothing, man, I mean just nothing. We called every single spot you could find on Um, wiki camps and and on TripAdvisor and we were just calling in the end motels just trying to get a spot to stay for just one night you know willing to pay stupid amounts of money just so we had somewhere to to pull over and and, and have have a nap for the night and and readjust and reassess in the morning Um, we drove around for about two and a half hours man you know so it was kind of Four six a bit even a bit longer yeah two and a half three hours sort of thing it was close to seven by the time you know and the kids have been in the car since nine o'clock that morning man just I feel so bad for them which is why you know we didn't want to start going on going on any long drives like you know over 20, 30 k's away because for no guarantee because we weren't sure what the result would be and we could I couldn't just keep driving with the kids so we actually ended up finding um, I think my wife found. A spot at the golf course out of, just out of town, it's like an overflow car park at the golf course there and they just let you pull up for a night, um, there's no fires or anything like that, it's not an actual campsite it's just a car park, but somewhere to pull over for the night and um, yeah exactly what we needed, just to just somewhere to stay for that night and then readjust in the morning so we pulled over there, set up camp and uh, yeah, yeah, we kind of got up and, in the morning and we'd been looking at some camp spots that night Found one that looked really good um, just outside of Denmark. So we jetted, I went to went to town, got some stocks in the morning, some supplies in the morning, and then and then we jetted out across you know towards Denmark to this other camp uh, spot that we'd found, a bush camp place we'd found. Um, We got there and it was you know pretty pretty bad news as well. It was they were completely full. You know there was no no campsites. They weren't sure when anybody was um, leaving because this was like you know, the 28th or the 29th by this time, I think, 29th, sort of really right in the middle of the absolute peak season for them. So um, the ladies there, the caretakers were nice enough to, to offer us a, a, a night in the Overflow car park again for, for this spot and then told us that we'd be first in line guaranteed to get a spot the next day because I had a few people leaving. So we thought, okay, stuff, we'll do that rather than drive around looking for more places and, and possibly having the same scenario. So yeah, we pulled over in the overflow car park again, went out for, for a day, you know, did some stuff around town and, and um came back and camped there that evening. And then yeah, sure sure thing, we, we got a, a camp spot sorted out the next day and it was a mint camp spot, man, like really big um area. You know, you're nice and separated from the other people in the in the campgrounds. Um, it was completely covered by tree cover, There's kookaburras hanging around, and there was rabbits that come and feed behind our campsite at night, sorry, rabbits, yeah, and, and kangaroos. Um, you know, from the front of the campsite, you can see the water, it was a five minute walk, not even, you know, a couple of minute walk to get down to the, to the beach there, and just set up on this massive big bay that was probably about 15k from point to point, you know, and um, big beautiful white sandy beaches fishing off the rocks surfing in the water there's a, a river inlet that comes down there as well you could drop the kayak in and just an absolute perfect spot man just perfect day and um one of the days that we were on the beach setting up just to have yeah spend the morning there kick back and have a bit of a swim and a few beers and chill out um another couple from headland drove by and spotted us they said um lisa said she spotted my dreads Setting up the awning on the, on the side of the Prado and pulled over, and we were like, spun out, no way, another headland family down here. So, they all had obviously had the same idea as us to get get as far away from the heat as possible and then as far away from all the crowds and people as possible, you know, like as far as my River and, and Perth itself and all that go. So, yeah, we found, bumped into a headland couple down there and ended up spent half a day with them on the beach, kicking out, you know, kicking back, kids playing, and that was really, really good, really nice, man. Um, and then the very next day it was raining. That's another thing we found out that in Denmark, when they say a 10% chance of rain, it means pretty much 100% chance of rain. Whereas anyone up here in Hedland knows that 60% chance of rain in Hedland means oh, maybe a 10% chance it's gonna drizzle. So it's quite funny how polar opposite those um, predictions are in the different regions because there was a, about three times where it said five to 10% chance of rain and it pissed down every single time. But uh, the next day it was raining, so we decided, hey, we'll go for a scenic um, drive. There's a bunch of scenic drive routes, you know, around the place in Denmark there, and, and we were already sort of fallen in love with the, the area for the amount of time that we had been there. So I took the opportunity while it was pissing down rain to jump in the car and go for a nice drive, man, and just some beautiful countryside down there. You know, I was really taken aback and, and, and surprised how beautiful it was. We've always... The holiday when we go down south around the Margaret River area, Augusta, uh, you know, Witchcliffe, you know, Busselton, even yelling out Dunsborough, all that. So we've been down there heaps of times and never been as far. I've been to Pemberton, I got engaged in Pemberton, that's beautiful too, but we've never been as far as, as Denmark and Albany. And I'm just so surprised how much, uh, how beautiful it was for a start and, and just how much there was to do there too um we decided and found out that you know the amount of activities and restaurants and wineries uh, breweries you know animal farms uh, all these different things as an adventure park dinosaur park all this such shit treetop walk and that's if you want to go out every day and not just hang out at your campsite chill down the beach go surfing and fishing and kayaking and stuff like, this is, there's weeks worth of shit to do down there for families, you know? Young kids, adults, everyone. Cheese factories, man, just everything. So we um, were really surprised by how much there was to do. I think there's more to do in that region than there is in Margaret River, personally. Um, that's, that's how we found it, anyway. Um, yeah, and just fell in love with it. And, and the countryside, driving around during this scenic route, and it was pissing down rain. So you're looking at this really hilly sort of um, terrain we're driving through. And um, all pastoral land, beautiful green pastures, look like nice houses overlooking gorgeous valleys and stuff. And wherever the, the pasture lands end, it's just, just you know, forest or bushland, beautiful, but dense bushland. Or forest, really, it's carry forest and shit. And then just on the hill slopes, there's just sheets of rain bucketing, you know, coming sideways across the pasture lands and shit. And just awesome, just absolutely amazing, spectacular, breathtaking sort of scenery. And we did a couple of the routes sort of backtracked a few times and what i noticed when we went through some of those routes again um and the rain had stopped man was that it wasn't just hilly and with beautiful rain bucking down over over these pastoral lands but there's a hill then another hill behind it and another hill and then behind that is like the ocean you know so you're driving through the mountains looking at hills and beautiful rainforests and or carry forests and pasture lands and you can see the ocean and it's just it just had bloody everything and there's little breweries and shit and uh, wineries and stuff spotted through the region just just absolutely breathtaking man so for us um, yeah we made a decision that we'll definitely be back uh, we'll be back there next week and we're just gonna spend next week <laughs> I wish next Christmas uh, and we're just gonna spend the whole two weeks down there man like kind of bypass Perth because you know we left that we spent six nights down south and then came back to Perth and spent another five or six nights there, which was just very lackluster and really not doing a whole lot. Um, the good thing was eating out and going to the pub there and chill, chilling out because there's some beautiful pubs and, and restaurants and, and stuff around the area that where our, our families live. But just didn't need to be there, just doing bugger all, really. You know, it kind of... Um, yeah, it was a little bit... It was a good... Um, it was good to see family, for sure. It was also good uh, for us to realise that, you know, we don't need to be doing that shit. We don't need to spend that that long in Perth anymore. Perth, for us, is probably more of a pop-down for a four or five, you know, yeah, three or four nights type of scenario during the year or whatever, see people on, on special occasions, take the kids out to the movies, shit like that, you know. So definitely don't need to be spending long periods of time down in Perth anymore. So uh, we figured that out now, anyway, which is good. And we've got a good place we can go in WA um, in the country you know for, for Christmas and stuff now too so well we know there's heaps of shit we can do for the kids so I loved that um, that was a real highlight of the trip man just getting down there and, and getting the, uh, getting some good use out of that camper trailer too because it's obviously not camping season up here in Headland. it's probably going to be another four months before we get that one out I think the next trip we've got planned is um, Barn Hill in, 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 uh, for, on Easter in April so a good four months away till we get the camper trailer out, so it was good to get some use of it, uh, out of it during, you know, down south during this time of year, and figure out a few little bits and pieces about it, and, um, yeah, which, it was a rig, man, absolutely loved it, we can spend a lot of time in there, we didn't take the extra rooms with us, we probably will if we're going to spend two weeks in one spot, next time around, Um, but we didn't need it, we had heaps of room, the bed's comfortable, the kitchen all works great, you know, I got a new, um, uh, camping fridge because the angle has been playing up and it's a little bit big for our system now. So, a new camping fridge and battery box and shit that we got while we were down there. So, I had some new toys to play with, and just just cool really getting that system down and ironing out a few of the kinks and shit too. Uh, yeah, and, and confident to take on the next camping trip and start putting a few of them together this year. That's sort of part of the plan this year get a, get a, a bunch of those trips out uh, under our belt so that was really good man and really good to see the kids around nanny and poppy and Anna and pa and their cousins and aunties and uncles and shit like that you know that's one of the that, it's worth going to perth for that um but again i just don't need to spend those long periods of time down there i'm happy to do whirlwind trips go down for four days and just have the days fleshed out seeing people and then and then jet off again um but yeah the kids had some sleepovers with their cousins and shit and that's really cute, then, and important. You know, I feel for kids to have that time with family and all the cousins to catch up and and really get, you know, to know each other as they grow up and stuff like that. So that was cool, man. Really good, really good. Good to see my, you know, my sister and as well and my parents and all that kind of shit. So I had a great time down there. Brother in law and sister in law. We spent Christmas day with them, which was really good around their house with the pool and their two boys who are little legends and take my boy under his wing, under their wing and everything. So you know not complaining about seeing family i'm just saying that in the future we know now we don't need to spend that much time in perth man we just don't need to uh but yeah really good what else man what else is going on um yeah oh i didn't mention that when we were driving around on the day doing the scenic route and we went past the adventure park up there where they got like um big flying foxes and some rock climbing walls and there's this big friggin blow up ball thing that you sit inside and with some water in it and they roll you down a hill that's like 500 metres long or some shit um, we didn't do it it was pissing down rain I had the kids asleep in the car and shit we were driving around but oh they might not have been asleep but they were in the car but anyway something we can do next time round. but what I did see there was uh, another Headland couple another Headland family uh, Max and Susie and their kids um, so they were there and just and it was quite random I just sort of said g'day to them and, and one of the I think the bloke goes you from Headland? I said yeah and he goes are you from uh, that average man from that podcast I go yeah the average man podcast he goes yeah yeah and I said how did you know that he goes oh um, I think the girl Susie goes oh I'm Susie I was gonna um, I'm learning to do uh, dreadlocks off Nikki Nikki's my neighbour and you know she was on the podcast a a couple of Uh, episodes ago and she does my dreads as well for me and she goes I'm going to learn to do dreads with Nikki I think I was going to do yours recently I said "I spun out man and and I guess they must have seen me posting the podcast on Facebook or something along those lines and you noticed me from that which was so bizarre man being down in Denmark already meeting a headland couple and then meeting another couple and saying g'day and then one of them asking me if I'm from the podcast like it's not that um it's not that kind of doesn't have that kind of reach yet you know what i mean so i'm not expecting people to recognize me randomly on the other side of the state from it which was pretty cool pretty spun out so shout out to susie and max and your little family there as well but yeah two headland families down in denmark so i guess a few of us had the same idea get away from the heat and get away from the the craziness of perth and everything as well so shout out to all those guys man um yeah, what else, man? I, I am I am refreshed. I have come back refreshed. Um, we've had a, a a strange little start to the year weather-wise as well. I mean, it's been hot as balls for sure. But while it's been hot, it's it's um, we've had a few breaks and it's not too bad today out there. It's muggy and sticky and shit, but it's just not just forty three degrees filthy hot. You know, it's a bit more muggy but we've had some rain, some cloud cover, wicked thunderstorm, lightning storm last night. Um, I actually drove up while I was trying to get my daughter to sleep, drove up to the lookout in, per, in port here, and there was a, a, a constant lightning storm going on out. You know, from where I am at the lookout, it was it looked like it was back towards South Headland, but it was obviously further out than that, uh, and then that was just constantly going, continuously thunder, th- uh, sorry, lightning, 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 and then look at the lookout looking over towards the port, uh, the channel that, the, you know, the, the inlet there, the channel, it was every couple of minutes there'd be a massive bunch of lightning going sort of not striking down towards the ground, but going across through the clouds it would light the whole sky up. Man, it was pretty impressive. Um, you know, we've had some rain, plenty of rain and shit like that as well. So just really cool, interesting start to the year, kind of like we're actually having a, a so far an actual wet season, which we sort of don't normally get here in, in Headland normally you know broome get a wet season darwin get a wet season you know the kimberley's in general get a wet season we kind of just get a hot season <laughs> but it's just been a bit of a wet season lately which is cool it'd be nice to see that continue through as well which means you know things like keep going like this and we end up racking up for 500 million of rain throughout the season you know all that those um water holes and shit inland around marble bar and out near newman and everything they're all going to be full um through the camping season which is going to be bloody brilliant so here's to um here's hoping for some more rain you know fingers crossed um and yeah and and what i've i have come back refreshed and everything and we're just really ready to to plan our year out a bit better so anyone that knows me and was listening to the podcast and everything last year i, I kind of burnt out a bit um had a bunch of holidays some planned some on the spirit of the moment some out of my hands um not so much holidays but but you know uh, getaways from headland or whatever you want to call them appointments outside of town um, and I had a bunch in the first sort of four months of the year um, and then yeah really nothing from April through till the uh, end of December and just a lot of work and the day to day grind and kind of got burnt out a little bit so we're really looking, to me and my wife are looking to plan this year out uh, better um, yeah and, and continue to sprinkle those little getaways throughout the whole year so we don't, we never burn out, we're always working towards something, uh, you know we're always got sort of larger goals, yearly goals, five yearly goals, sort of that kind of thing as well. But to have those little goals every sort of three or four months that you're working towards really helps um, flesh out the year and keep you positive and stuff too, man. So, yeah, like I said, I've got, we've got Bali in March and then straight after that we'll be doing, you know, about a month later we'll be going camping at Barn Hill in up near Broome. Um, I'm really looking to do a, a Monty's... Diving trip later this year with a few boys. That'll be another two or three nighter. Um, up. Pro- probably a broom trip. We've got some camping trips. Going to go out to running waters. Probably do another camping trip. Maybe just with the boys and, and take my young fella out. Um, fishing, you know. Um, probably Perth again down, you know, about October. This is my sister's um, 40th this year. So we'll see what she's got planned. We might end up down there around that time of year. But yeah, we just need to plan it out a bit better and make sure we're constantly getting out of town and having those little breaks. Um, so that we can stay I can keep keep motivation and, and momentum going for the whole year because there's nothing like hitting the skids and then being stuck in that position for a few months and then trying to get everything started and ball rolling again, you know, which is what, where I was at at the end of last year. And I'm, uh, I'm also I think I'm, a big positive for me man is I love podcasts, I love audiobooks, I love learning and taking in different information and getting different looks at things. You know, that's what keeps my mind fresh, what keeps me sort of helping me think outside the box and being a critical thinker and that kind of shit. But the last year, I've been sucked into this uh, Wheel of Time, uh, um, which is a fictional fantasy, you know, well, fantasy is always fictional. It's a fantasy book uh, written by Robert Jordan, the, uh, the series for which, TV series which is in production at the moment and planning to come out later this year. And I read the, the books, you know, years ago. Um, I probably finished the last one uh, seven or eight years ago. And basically, just I've been through listening to the, all of the books again via audiobook, getting in, in anticipation for the TV series release later this year. And it just consumed me, man. It consumed my life. All my listening time was, you know, taken up because they're like 36, 40 hour books, you know, and I'm listening to them in snippets whenever I can here and there. And it just sort of took over my my whole listening experience for a large chunk of last year. So I wasn't listening to other non-fictional or self-motivational or self-improvement sort of books. Um, you know, a lot of podcasts just got put in the in the, in the the background. And, yeah, man, it kind of took over a big chunk of my um, my mental, uh, you know, bandwidth last year. I got one. I finished the second last book about a week ago. I've got one book to go. I'm having a rest from it before I hit it doing a bunch of other books in between and podcasts and stuff, so I've only got one more of those books to go, so I know that, that can't consume my life again this year, which is another positive for me, because it's such a great story, man, but yeah, really, it's like a, you know, a five-year journey, at least you'd normally take, go, you know, take you to get through all those books, you know, and just to pump that out in like eight months was quite sort of consuming <laughs> for me, so I won't be doing that again. Um, yeah, man, a bunch of, different goals for this year, developing better habits, get my di- my discipline back um, under my belt. I, I, uh, Jocko Willink, I think it is, talks about how discipline sets you free, which is, uh, you know, it seems like counterintuitive, but to be disciplined, to set limits and goals and, and little rules for yourself and to follow those rules while it takes that initial, initial bit of discipline once you do the things that you said you're going to do that you have to do and you've, you've done them, they're out of the way, it frees up your mental space because you know you did the right thing. It frees up your time because you've done your work instead of leaving it to the last minute. It makes sure that you're actually moving forward constantly, ticking boxes, hitting your goals um, and it, and you live a happier, more fulfilled, free kind of life. You know, So it's easy to just think, oh, it's too hard. I don't want anyone to tell me what to do. I just want to live my life the way I want to live and just fucking be a free spirit and float, float in the fucking wind. Well, that's great but you're really not going to achieve much and you're going to kind of have a lot of things in the back of your mind because you know you're fucking off. You know you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. So setting that discipline, setting your intention and 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 checking off items and, and getting shit done. Um, you know, write it down, make sure you cross it off the list and get shit done as you go. Um, I've started doing that again, started this year. I've gone away from that. Last year I really went away from that uh, and I noticed that the... the Scattered, scrambled feeling that left in my brain, and a dissatisfaction in my mouth, in taste in my mouth, and, and I just didn't feel hundred percent like myself. I felt disappointed in myself a lot of the time last year. So setting that discipline and making sure I do those things, um, changing hab, changing my habits, like I need to get to bed earlier, I need to get up earlier consistently. 4am is kind of my sweet spot to get up which means I need to get to bed earlier so there's a bunch of different little things that go into all that but you know these are some of the goals I've got set for myself um, this year uh, and this decade really Um, changing up my training routine is a big one, I've changed up my diet at the moment so all these little changes I'm doing um, really just to help uh, myself get a fresh start you know it's not that anything I'm doing now is, as far as diet and training and anything like that, is 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 got any distinct benefits over the way I was doing things. It's more just for me about completely shifting my, uh, getting out of my comfort zone and shifting my patterns and 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 um, my everyday behaviors that I was comfortable with to make myself think fresh and outside the box you know like when you move to a new town or a city or something like that you're on this sort of everything's changed and you kind of it puts you in momentum um forces you into a, a place where you're in when you've got momentum behind you and you just got to get shit done and it's kind of a real positive place to be because it's you're outside of your comfort zone so i've dropped meat out of my diet for now until we go away in march but i don't even know if there's going to be any health benefits for it or not um i a couple of reasons I'm doing it. One, I've never not eaten meat in my life. So Sunday last week, it's Sunday today. Sunday last week was the first day of my life I had not eaten meat since I was probably a teenager. And even as a teenager, it would have only been in those 40-hour famines. You know, you don't eat for a couple of days. You just suck on friggin' barley sugars. That would have been the only time I hadn't eaten meat in my entire memorable life since I was a young kid and I didn't pick what I got to eat, you know. I've always eaten meat every single day. So that's a big shift for me. Um, it's making me rethink di- different ways to prepare my food. I'm, I'm looking at different recipes. It's changed up my whole eating schedule. So my eating patterns are just health- healthier sort of as a byproduct. I'm um, changing my training to be really less um, moving away from lifting weights at the moment because I've got a lot of little niggling injuries and I was lacking in energy and motivation last year. So just going back into uh, functional fitness, um, hitting hitting the bag and getting moving again. So there'll be a lot of running, a lot of um, bag work, functional fitness, circuit work, kettlebell work. Um, which is I'm also doing the Pavel Tassolini Simple and Sinister kettlebell program at the moment. Um, I've got his book. He was on the Joe Rogan Experience recently, which is such a great, um, which is reason one of the reasons I love podcasts. I listened to his podcast. I knew his name. I'd um, heard about him and heard about his kettlebell program and been interested in it for a while he was on the podcast listened to it and I thought well that's it that's great that's what I'm looking for I'm looking for a different way to start my year training and this guy's got a completely different uh, a, a complete program that is focused 100 on, 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 on uh, functional fitness all I've got to do is listen to him and do his program and that takes away all the effort of thinking about it making it up on the fly it's a tested, tried and true system and it's, it's exactly what I want to do, move towards functional fitness. So that's beautiful timing there. Um, that's what I'm, I'm currently, I've uh, just started this week doing this functional fitness. So this um, Simple and Sinister Kettlebell workout. So that's a different way of training for me hoping to limb, free up my body and get limber and flexible again and, yeah, just get an all-round balanced body, functional fitness sort of um, thing going on rather than just lifting heavy weights for the sake of lifting weights. Um, yeah, so that's that's something new this year as well, man. As I said, we've got barley booked for March, Bunhill after that. Mate, I've got a bunch of shit going on with my teeth, which is a little bit of a fucking bummer, but every time I go to the dentist, they got dire news to tell me. So I'm... Um, that's something I've got to get on top of it might actually end up happening over in Bali Um, but yeah man I should listen to my mum when I was younger and looked after my teeth better because just every time I go in there and I look after them now but it's like too late I've got all these little holes and stuff that started in the back teeth years ago and it's all just managing them now and bit by bit they start they slowly get worse and worse and every time I go there the, the pricks extract hundreds if not thousands of dollars out of me and yeah, it's just a horrific. I have always thought that fucking dentists are like sadistic bastards, man. They are like they would. I imagine them being like um back in the medieval times, you know, like people who work in dungeons and shit. Like dudes who've got like the they put you on the rack and they fucking pull your teeth out and cut your frigging fingers off at the knuckle and try and torch you and get get like uh, information out of you and shit like that. Those people from back in the day who used to do that shit, in modern day society, just become fucking dentists and they get to do the same shit. Strap you in down on the fucking table, stick needles in your gums, rip your teeth out and shit. You're sitting there on the bench just fucking sweating the whole time and your jaw aching with your mouth wide open. They're sticking machines in there and vacuuming around the inside of your mouth and shit. It's just horrific, man, drilling your teeth and shit. Just what the fuck? Dentists Sadistic Fucking medieval Torturers bro And just The modern day version I'm sure of it Just like Vikings And fucking Warriors and shit Are like fucking Current Current day UFC fighters and shit You know they, These these savages Just find a new place For themselves In, in uh, modern day society Fucking dentists bro They're just Yeah Not, You know If you're a dentist I love you I've got no problem With you as a person But I'm sure You would have had people On the rack Fucking 400 years ago I'm sure you would have been putting fucking hot irons in the fucking furnace and then like jamming them on people's underarms and shit, trying to get answers or just for fucking fun. Anyway, maybe not. Maybe I'm tripping on that one, but I'm, I'm sure if you've ever been in a situation with a dentist ripping out your fucking teeth, you know what I'm talking about. Kanye West put out a gospel album. I think that was last year, but it's only just come to my attention. Um, what's it called? What's it called? The Kanye West album give me one sec while I look this shit up, the Kanye West album, something like God is King or something, Kanye, boom, my man, Jesus is King, Jesus is King, it's a full-blown gospel album man, and i got to say, it's not going to be on my favourite playlist or anything, there's a few tracks on there I'll listen to, I'll give a bit of a spin, I put one on one of my playlists the other day, Follow God I think it was, but pretty good, man, you know, it's just good, it's actual music, which is what I want to hear from him. The life of Pablo was just not my cup of tea at all, it's too much talking and broken beats and him just being a weirdo, um, and before that, his last good album was My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, which was 2010, you know, everything he did before that was, was magic, but it's been a while since um, your man Kanye put out any actual reasonable music, so I was glad to hear that one. Um, again like I said it's not my favourite album or anything but there's some nice tracks on there some, there's some good tracks on there dude and um, yeah it's it's good to hear him making music again getting back to what he actually does better best but on a more important note my man your man the best to ever do it the G-O-A-T goat Eminem dropped a surprise album on Friday never saw it coming Never saw it coming. Um, a mate of mine, Jack, used to work with me down in down in Perth. There. He's living over in Melbourne now, and an old family friend of my wife's. He um, he's a Stan and Eminem fan just like me, and messaged me, "Old oh, dude, have you heard the new Eminem um, album? He just dropped the yeah uh, surprise album today." He says, "No, no, I haven't, sir." So I went home, and yeah. Put it on, Listen to it about three times, once on the speaker, once in the headphones. I've been mean, listening to it in headphones driving around and shit ever since. Just really starting to nail down my, my favourite um, tracks and, and favourite verses and everything from that one. But it's called uh, Music To Be Murdered By. Uh, music To Be Murdered By, in, in the voice of Alfred Hitchcock, uh, inspired by Alfred Hitchcock. The soundtrack to Psycho, I think that was what it was called, the soundtrack, Music To Be Murdered By. And uh, just a really good album, man Really solid album I think there's it's um, 20 tracks on this thing Something like that 20 tracks, man Bunch of good features uh, He's got Dr. Dre On the beats Again For this one So Which is, you know For a lot of us hardcore fans We've always wanted him to go back to Dre beats They never had a fallout or anything But just, you know He's doing his own thing Experimenting Working with different producers And shit like that And While he's had some good albums And some good beats In between the Dre days there's nothing like Eminem and Dr. Dre working in Synchronicity, man. And Dre's beats really have developed and, and have... Um, they're really modern. They've come along with the time. He's, he's, he's up with the current trends. Um, but it's still, his own flair It's still a Dre beat, you can tell it's a Dre beat even though it's got that sort of heavy bass sort of trap kind of sound to it that, that's quite common and popular today and, and um, Eminem's flow really works well with the beats, he's, he's um, it's cool because he's got this kind of fast-paced robotic flow that he's done on a lot of his recent albums and it's really good but it wasn't the same as his um, his real fluent flow that he used to do back in the early 2000s where he really ride the beat man and, and I think that the whole point was that kind of rapping where you're riding the beat um, and you get that real flow to your lyrics I think that's just too easy for him it doesn't challenge him um, he can do that all day long so he kind of made up his own cadence to his rhythm to his flow um, and it can sometimes it's kind of like we've heard him work that flow out in the last two or three albums uh, at times it's been a bit jarring and hard to listen to even though I can really appreciate the technicality of of his lyrics, his, his, his speed, his flow, his metaphors. You know, sometimes that cadence hasn't been that pleasant to listen to but I feel like on this album he's really meshed the, the, the skill of flowing and rhyming on the beat and riding the beat with this weird robotic sort of M&M broken, disjointed cadence that he's developed over the last few years. He's mixed them together really well. So there's tracks where he's really, really riding the beat, but it's still that, that unique m M&M and flow that he's designed over the last few years, which is just beautiful to hear, man. You can really get into it, feel the beat and, and bop your head to it, you know, while being completely blown away by the the, the twisted, weird cadence of, of the whole thing. Um, yeah, his metaphors are just again. They just keep getting more, more complex. Um, and he and, and he keeps dumping more and more metaphors within within his bars um, as time goes on. This I'm pretty sure the, the end of so I did a, a podcast a few weeks about or the end of last year called Robbery, which was sort of a, a track by the late Juice World, who was a young rapper. I spoke about he died um had a seizure and died on a plane like in december last year only a young kid 2021 20, something like that a uh, lifelong m fan and this is his pers- first posthumous um pos- posthumous posthumous however you want to say it track it was on this album um it's called godzilla and you know so he got to feature and it's sad he wasn't alive for the release of it but he got to feature on an m album before he died this young rapper and um the final verse for Eminem on that song, man, in the last minute or so, is unbelievable lyrical acrobats. He just goes so fast for so long. I'm sure he's broke, because he holds a record for most um, words per minute in a hip-hop song. And I'm sure he's just smashed that record on Rap God, that was. I'm sure he's just smashed that record again I'm sure, i think he broke it on his last album and i'm sure he's broken it on this one again man he just keeps getting better and better and better technically and this one's really got a current vibe feel to it haters are still going to hate man he can never do anything right if he tries to be a conscious rapper they say that he's oh he's trying to you know he's gone away from the i don't give just don't give a fuck days if he tells you that he just doesn't give a fuck people say oh he hasn't grown up and he's still he's he's blind to the cultural uh, to the current cultural times you know, if he's political, people say, "Oh, he's just trying to fucking be on the bandwagon." And if he's, it's it's whatever he does, is people are just gonna hate it no matter what because that's the that's the part of being a controversial um rapper like he is. But he's got, I think he's got his finger on the pulse on a lot of, on a lot of current issues. He shows some maturity. He shows really good storytelling about his past, his youth, his stepdad, his mom, you know, his past relationships. He's he was real dad without it feeling like um, he's holding on and stuck in the past. Like it has a little bit on some of his last albums. It's more, it's just, he's just storytelling. It's just withdrawing from experiences from the past, putting him in a story. Um, and it, yeah, it's got a really good flow to it, really good vibe. I think this is probably his best album since recovery so far. And I loved Kamikaze. I'll have to let it sink in over the next few weeks to really make that judgement call but so far, as far as skill-wise and the features on it and the consistency I think it might be even better than Kamikaze so one of his best albums in years no doubt, either way, 100% uh, it's music to be murdered by go check that bitch out some great tracks on there for your workout, your, um, workout playlist, man um Yeah, and, and on that note, I think I need to revisit the whole uh, Eminem um, re- album review podcast. I started one last year. I need to do his second album and, and just do a full podcast reviewing his album again sometime in the next few weeks. We'll get back on that train and go through that journey with you guys. But as for now, I think that's enough, man. 43 minutes, 44 minutes. Um, it's a bit of a catch up, bit of a hey, g'day, how you going? uh i am back i'm refreshed i'm ready to do this shit consistently every single week and yeah thanks everyone again who's been listening and coming on the journey with me man um, i think it's going to be a big year for the podcast and yeah i've got a few little tricks up my sleeve a few 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 things i want to get done on the old to-do list so we'll see how we go for on those goals knocking them off this year uh yeah man that's all i gotta say episode number 58 hypnotize all right take it easy y'all peace out see ya.